0: Let us pray. Father, thank you for the invitation. Thank you that you've made a way for us to come to you and not be destroyed by your glory. You sent Jesus, your son, to bear in his body the weight of all of our sins. You made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And we thank you, Lord, that this righteousness that you have given us that allows us to come into your presence is by faith and it is apart from the law. We thank you for grace today. That not only saves us, but motivates us to live like people who are born again. Thank you for making us new creations. Thank you that the old has passed. And the new has come. And it's still coming every day. And as we worship you, the spirit of God in us. Causes us to long for the time when we will worship you and not be hindered by our humanity, not be hindered by time or even our fallenness. There is coming a day where we will be in your presence. Thank you, God. Thank you for the altar. Thank you for Christ who says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Lord, give your people rest today until we enter into the eternal rest give somebody peace of mind today give someone as we sang today lord hope today lord i pray that you would meet specific felt needs of your people thank you for being a good father and now lord as we come to your word we need a word Thank you, Lord, that you're going to work in spite of me, because it's your word that won't return void, even though the preacher can be void at times. So bless. May we leave out full today, because we sat at the table of the Lord and you fed us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 13, as we continue in our series it's time. It's time. And I'll begin reading at verse 11. And the Apostle Paul said, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. I call your attention to verse 12 for our subject today where Paul says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So let's talk this morning on the subject of it's time to get sanctified. It's time to get sanctified. Because that's what we see when he says to cast off the works of darkness and to put on the armor of light. This is just his way of saying it's time for God's people to get sanctified. Last week we talked about it's time to wake up. Today we could call this message, it's time to clean up. It's time to get sanctified. Sanctification, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 29, is the lifelong process of being conformed by the Spirit to look like Jesus, act like Jesus, speak like Jesus, be humble like Jesus. Be bold like Jesus, be obedient like Jesus, serve like Jesus, love like Jesus, die like Jesus, and even resurrect like Jesus, because God saved us to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. So we are to be, as in the book of Acts, they were called Christians first in Antioch. And that term Christian means Christ follower or little Christ. So with the help of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling agent, he conforms us to be like Jesus. And according to, and I did say it's a lifelong process because we won't arrive here. We won't arrive until we arrive there. But the Holy Spirit is working on us every day, conforming us, especially when we don't resist his work, when we don't grieve the Holy Spirit, when we don't quench him. He is conforming us to look like, talk like, serve like, obey like Jesus. And according to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, sanctification is the daily process of being transformed into the glorious image of the Lord by the Spirit. So, sanctification, it's a process where we're being transformed from one stage of glory to another stage of glory. The Holy Spirit is doing the work in us to make us look like Jesus Christ. Jesus said, when I send the Holy Spirit, he's going to bring glory to me. The Holy Spirit is always pointing glory Jesus And people who claim to know Jesus, who are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, our lives are to reflect, shine, and point to Jesus. So that men may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. He's transforming us. Acts chapter 4 verse 13 speaks of when the apostles had been arrested. And the Bible says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John the Pharisees took note that they had been with Jesus. Something about Jesus rubbed off on the apostles whereby the Pharisees who were uh, uh, who put Jesus to death, they saw something in the disciples that they saw in Jesus. Now, thank God for the Holy Spirit because before the Holy Spirit came, the disciples who said, we'll never forsake you, Lord, We're going to stand with you. But when Jesus got arrested, they pumped out. And the Bible says they all ran. But once power came from on high to be a witness, he gave them power to stand up to the people who God allowed to put Jesus to death. They weren't running anymore. Now they were standing, and those people saw men who were not afraid, who didn't have a spirit of timidity on them, But now there was power, there was love, and there was a sound mind. What was going on? The Holy Spirit was at work. The book of Acts is the acts of the Holy Spirit through the church. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Christians are sanctified, past tense. We are sanctified. That means we have been set apart. That's what sanctification means. That we have been set apart. We are holy. It's like uh, mom's best china. She set it apart from the daily stuff we use. Uh, you, You know, the stuff, the paper plates and the stuff that got chips and cracks in it. Well, the china was set apart from that stuff. And we have been set apart. We are holy. We are sanctified. You see, our sanctification is past tense and present tense. Oh, my past tense. Hebrews 10.10 says, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So we've been set apart, made holy positionally once and for all by the blood of Jesus Christ. So when I became a Christian in 1984, The Lord sanctified me, he set me apart. He applied to me the blood of Jesus Christ and I was forgiven and made righteous in 1984 in the sight of God once and for all. So I am positionally sanctified. But also sanctification is to occur in the present tense. Hebrews 2.11 says, for both he, which is God, who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all one for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren so i am being sanctified and i am sanctified To break it on down like this, justification is when God declares me righteous on the basis of faith. Because I put faith in Jesus, God declares me righteous based on the finished work of Jesus on Calvary and through the empty grave. So in the courts of heaven, I'm declared righteous. I look to God, listen to this, just like his son Jesus, who is the righteous one. Because God, by faith, imputes righteousness to me, perfection, and so I look just like Jesus to God. But in the nasty here and now, brahman is in process. You best believe that. Thank God for new mercies every morning to cover old messes from yesterday. So, So I'm in process, and so is your neighbor. We are sanctified in position as well as by practice. There is a holiness that we should have by virtue of our relationship with Jesus and there is a holiness we should continue to pursue because we have a relationship with Jesus. We have been declared righteous yet we should strive to live righteous so as to live up to what we have attained. Philippians 3:16 Paul said, let us live up to what we have attained. What have we attained? We've attained positional righteousness, so let our practice reflect our position. And the beautiful thing about this is this thing doesn't start from the outside in. That is trying to live holy by man-made rules and things like that. No, this desire to live holy begins from the inside and works its way out because the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Because he gave me a new heart. He made me a new person. He gave me new desires. I want to live for him. I don't want to grieve him. But this new man is in an old shell called the flesh. So there'll be a battle every day until this flesh, uh, the Bible says, this corruptible must put on what? Incorruptible. So until that day, there's a battle. But I'm not fighting for the victory. I'm fighting with the mindset of a victor. Because when I'm in Christ and Christ is in me, I have the victory, and we together can put this flesh to death. Oh, my. We're talking about sanctification today. Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Jesus says, for as the Father is holy, you be holy. Now, we can argue over a whole lot of things in Christendom, but we shouldn't have to argue about holiness and about being set apart. Be holy As I am holy, God is more concerned with my holiness than my happiness. Be holy, not be happy. He talks about happiness, you know, in the Beatitudes, happy are you. And and even in that, he's talking about when you're persecuted and when you mourn. But we want this, I just want to be happy. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to suffer. Well, God is more concerned about my holiness than my happiness. Oh, if Micah Stampley were here today, Micah would sing holiness. Holiness is what I long for. Now, the remix does not say happiness. Happiness is what I long for. Happiness is what I need. (laughs) Be quiet, Pastor. So anyway, Micah says it's holiness. And for Christians, we should have a heart to cry for holiness. We're not like the pig that enjoys rolling around in the mud. We're not like the dog that throws up and then eats its own vomit. We're not those kinds of people. At least we shouldn't be because God called us to be Christians, not questions. But folk look at you and say, I just don't know. They ought to be able to see, man. That's a Christian right there. Because by their fruits, you're going to know them. Oh, my Paul, you're hurting us, brother. Well, the context of Romans 13 is Paul is talking about the return of Jesus Christ, the coming of the Lord. And with that, he is encouraging God's people to live a certain way in light of the return of Jesus To live upright, godly, moral lives, as we're gonna see today, to put on the armor of light because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Be ready, Christ is coming and he can come at any time. So live as if you're a part of that kingdom. Live like you're conscious and mindful of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. It's kinda like my kids, you know, my wife and I, we'll go out on a date and we'll tell the kids to clean the kitchen. Clean the kitchen. When we come back home, we want the kitchen having been cleaned. Now if your kids are anything like my kids, they tend to wait and lollygag and wait for the last minute because there's a signal that happens. When we pull up and we hit the garage, my kids can hear the garage from the inside. When they hear the noise, what do they do? they get up and go into the kitchen and act like they've been cleaning. And, and some of them even had the nerve to, to say, when we call them, hey, we had a good time, we're on our way home. Some of my kids will say, how far away are y'all? <laughs> and you say, Pastor, now, how, how do you know that about your kids? Well, there have been times I've been home and Dorena has said, Chris, clean the kitchen and I find out wherever she is, I say, baby, how far away are you? (laughs) Or if I hear the garage go up, I go in the kitchen and act like I'm doing something. No, 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 no. Don't wait for the garage. You should be working because that was your assignment, and it should be clean. Just get it done. And in light of the Lord's return, it ain't no garage sound that you're going to hear. It's going to be a trumpet that you're going to hear. It's going to be too late to try to act like we've been doing the Lord's work. Let's get ready. Let's Right now, not, not tomorrow, not later, right now. And so in order to live sanctified, we must be intentional to take ungodly thoughts captive. Oh my, the flesh, the flesh doesn't want to be godly. The flesh resists everything about spiritual living. But the spirit wants us to live for God. So there's this constant battle. And then the mind, everything starts in the mind as a person thinks. So are they. So the enemy has a way of feeding the mind with worldly and ungodly thoughts. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10 that when that happens, we are to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Jesus. So that's why we've got to know the word of God. And if we can't find the word, we need to hide the word in our hearts. We hide the word in our hearts so that we might not sin against God. We hide the word in our heart so the Holy Spirit has some ammunition in the midst of fighting that can occur while we're living throughout the day. So we've got to take thoughts captive. We've got to be intentional because if we let that thing fester in our minds, it can lead to damaging actions. Got to be intentional, be sanctified. Uh, We've got to be intentional to crucify the flesh with the affections and its lusts. So we've got to be violent in this walk with God. We've got to be intentional to set a seal on our mouths and say, shut up, don't say it. The more we grow in Christ, the less we ought to talk about people. Mm, Have mercy. The more we grow in Christ, the less we should gossip, the less we should slander. And so when we're tempted, because the Bible says no man can tame the tongue, but the Holy Ghost can if we submit to him. Because you just don't have to say it. You just don't have to have the last word. But the flesh wants to say it. The flesh wants to have the last word. And uh, then we'll say it. Then we'll get convicted. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. But as we grow, we're not going to say those things we shouldn't be saying. Because to be sanctified is to be intentional. To gouge out your eyes, Jesus said. Not literally, but using a hyperbolic language about lusting after people. Jesus says it's better for you to take your eye out than to live in hell. Uh, It's better to take a machete to your hands as opposed to putting your hands on people that don't belong to you in a sexual way. So Jesus is saying, "Look, if we're going to do this thing for real, we got to get violent. You got to gouge and you got to cut off." But oh no, 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 no! I just I'm hoping sanctification comes by osmosis. I, I'm just hoping you know when I come in church, I, I'll just get sanctified being around other sanctified people. Now it don't work like that. We've got to do something. As God works in us, we've got to work with Him to be sanctified. In order to be sanctified, we must cooperate with God. In sanctification, there's a part that God plays, and there's a part that we play. Sanctification is a combination of casting off and putting on. Oh, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. It's a combination. You got to cast off, as we're going to see in this verse. Then you got to put on. In other words, you got to do something that's negative, and then you got to do something that's positive if we're going to be sanctified. In other words, we got to turn from and then turn to. We just can't say I'm growing in sanctification and all I'm doing is turning from. No, 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 you got to turn to. Who am I turning to? Jesus. We just can't talk about I'm turning to Jesus, child, but we ain't turning from nothing. That ain't sanctification either. It's a combination of saying no and saying yes. It's a combination of wax on, wax off, Daniel, son. It's a combination. So that's how God has this thing for us if we're to grow. The concept of casting off is a decisive action in verse 12. It's in what is called the aorist tense. That means point action. Make a decision and make it now. So cast off the works of darkness. Some stuff we ain't got to pray about. We just need to cast it. Off. We don't need to wait to cast it off tomorrow. We don't need to wait to cast it off until I get my housing situation where I get my check. We need to cast it off now. Because when we hear the voice of the Lord, don't harden your heart. Be obedient. Because the more we harden our heart and disobey the voice of the Lord, we allow our consciences to be seared over. And now God can't reach us no more with a whisper. He's got to either shout or allow circumstances to come and get our attention so that we cast some stuff off. Because if we don't cast it off, it's going to take us down. Oh, hang with me. We got somewhere to go. And then when he says you've got to put it on, not only do you cast it off, heiress tense, make a decision, but you've got to put on the armor of light, which is also in the heiress tense, which means make a decision to put on the armor of light. At the end of the day, we all have funky clothes on. And at the end of the day, you take off the funky clothes and you put on clean clothes to go to bed. You put on clean clothes the next morning. So Paul is saying you're used to taking stuff off and putting stuff on. Let me give you an illustration so you get this, which is one of Paul's favorite illustrations of sanctification. Putting off old clothes and putting on new clean clothes. To cast off means to lay aside. To cast off means to forsake. It means to renounce. It means to repent from the works of darkness. And when someone repents, what do they do? They turn. So if we haven't turned, we haven't repented. Oh, I remember in college, I had a problem with soft porn. Oh, my. I had a problem with soft porn. Not the hard stuff, but the soft stuff. And I used to think that because I didn't get into the hard stuff like other Christians, I was all right with my soft porn. I grew up in a home. Mama would leave these catalogs lying around. I go to the Brazil section, the panty section, and I'm looking at soft porn. Oh, it ain't Playboy. Oh, it ain't Hustler. But it's still pornography. And Jesus said, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. So every day as a young boy, I'm going to look at this stuff. And then it matriculates when I get into college. But the spirit is grieving me. He's talking to me saying, man, stop looking at that stuff. So I got an accountability partner who's struggling with the same thing. And when Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition came out, we held each other accountable to say, We're not going to get that magazine. We're not going to look at it. We had to be intentional to cast stuff off and pick stuff up. So I started picking up Better Homes and Gardens. So, you know, we had to do something. (laughs) But soft porn is still porn. I said soft porn is still porn. And many men, because we're eye creatures, we struggle in that department. But God doesn't want anything ruling over us but him, especially if it's something that can kill you. So we've got to have this combination. i got to take some stuff off. That means there are some movies I'm not going to go see. And not only am I not going to see them, I'm not going to rent them and bring them into my house or order them through Redbox or any of these other things because I got to be intentional to not set anything ungodly before my eyes. Oh, pastor, it don't take all that. Well, as we're growing in Christ, we can't make the excuses today that we made yesterday about compromising because the spirit is always calling us upward. You're better than that. You don't need to objectify women like that. Come on now. Matter of fact, Paul said, because he probably struggled too, he said, this is how it helps me. I treat the as if they're my sister man you don't look at your sister crazy so why don't you not look at sisters in Christ crazy oh my goodness oh my goodness oh this is too real let me stop because some of y'all don't want to go real you don't want to go real but how can I talk about sanctification unless we keep it real up in here because I believe God is going to cause some of us to stop doing some stuff today Not legalistically, but righteously because he's calling you. You've been grieving the spirit. I've been grieving the spirit with things we say, things we think, things we do. And the Lord said, I've got a word for you today. Don't turn the preacher off. (laughs) Sanctification is this combination of turning from and turning to. It is forgetting what is behind and reaching to what is before. It is hearing and it is doing. Because if we hear and don't do, we deceive ourselves. So we must hear and do. It's a combination of taking off these dirty clothes and putting on these clean clothes. In, in, uh, uh, particularly what Paul says in verse 12. He says, When you cast off the works of darkness, you've got to put on the armor of light. So negative, positive. Cast off, put on, Turn from, turn to, the intentional. So when you cast off, put on not just any old set of clothes, but put on the armor of light. Paul spent a whole lot of time with Roman soldiers. because brother was locked up quite a bit. So he had illustrations in front of him constantly. And what he's writing in this section in Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14, is like a story of a soldier who takes off his armor so that he could carouse at night. He takes off his armor so that he can go party and get down. And we're going to see this next week in terms of revelry, drunkenness, lewdness, lust, strife, envy. He got tired of being a soldier and says it's time to party. Takes it off. But Paul is saying the commander has come in the barracks now. And the commander is saying to you, wake up from your drunken stupor from over the night. Wake up, clean up, get dressed up, and stand up because the battle is still raging. Put your armor back on. Get back in the fight. Paul put it this way over to uh, Timothy. He says, "Um, no soldier enlisted by the master entangles himself in civilian affairs. So when we start entangling ourselves with the world, it's time to take those clothes off and put our armor back on. Because whether we like to admit it or not, we are in a war. Again, the war has been won because Jesus has declared the victory through the resurrection, but Satan has not accepted defeat So we're in a constant battle. The flesh has not accepted defeat. We're in a constant battle. The world will not accept the lordship of Jesus. So we're in a constant battle with Satan, the flesh, and the world. And so we've got to be intentional to put on the armor of light. Pastor, what is the armor of light? It's the armor that Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, where he says, be strong in the Lord. And in the might of his power, he says, put on the whole armor of God, whereby you may be able to take your stand against the enemy. And then he talks about how we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against spiritual wickedness, principalities. Uh, uh, evil forces in high places so in order to fight a spiritual battle we've got to put on spiritual armor and weaponry we can't win this battle in the flesh we can't win this battle by gritting our teeth and trying hard in our own power we must rely on the spirit of God and the weapons that God has given us look at verse 14 of Romans chapter 13 Romans 13 verse 14 we're told to put on the armor. Pastor Chris, you said the armor is Ephesians 6, the, the, the armor that Paul wrote about. But technically, the armor is Jesus. What do you mean? Verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. To put on the armor is to put on Jesus. Why? Because every piece of the armor is a reflection of Jesus. Oh, can I help you real quick? The breastplate of righteousness is a reflection of Jesus because who is my righteousness? Jesus. The helmet of salvation is a reflection of Jesus because who is my salvation? Jesus. The belt of truth is a reflection of Jesus because who is the truth? Who is my truth? It's Jesus. The gospel shoes of peace is a reflection of Jesus because who is my peace? Jesus. So, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, who is the word of God? Jesus, the shield of faith. Who is my shield and buckler? It's Jesus. So to put on the armor is to put on Jesus. To put on Jesus recognizes that I'm already clothed with Jesus because he's imputed righteousness to me. So when God looks at me, I look just like Jesus. But in the natural, I've got to put on Jesus, meaning that I've got to appropriate what is so and what is true in heaven. So when I'm living today, Chris, put on the whole armor. Another put on Jesus cover up with Jesus and I just want to let you know that this armor never goes out of style (laughs) you don't have to worry about it going out of style Uh, I hope you didn't buy them shack shoes back in the day because they went out of style if I see any brother up in here wearing shack shoes you're gonna be on the joke wheel remember when fubu used to be in it ain't in no more but they sell it at Walmart. Remember when cross colors used to be in? It's out of date. But the armor of God been floating around for 2,000 years. A uh, uh, unit clothes. Don't nobody wear no G-unit clothes, but you better put on the armor of God today. I tell you what. So God says, get dressed. Put on the armor of God. Put on Jesus. So in the morning, so in the afternoon, throughout the day, You may just have to say, Lord, I'm struggling right now. The enemy is shooting arrows and missiles at my mind. So, Lord, I put on the helmet of salvation. Lord, protect my mind right now. Let's take these thoughts captive. Let me remember who I am in Christ Jesus so these thoughts don't take me down. Lord, my heart is struggling. I'm lusting in my heart, but you are my righteousness. I put the breastplate on right now. I appropriate who I am in Jesus Christ and on and on. soldiers do. And then Paul said, put the whole thing on. Don't go out with just your shoes on. Talking about, yeah, we're going to fight this battle today. No, man, put it all on. And then I'm going to add a piece. We got all these pieces, but I'm going to add a cape. Because a lot of them soldiers had capes, you know. And this is the cloak of grace. Paul, I'm just trying to help you out a little bit. Put the cloak of grace on to wrap you up. Because we're sin abounds. His grace superabounds. So as you get dressed physically every day, let us also get dressed spiritually every day throughout the day because the enemy doesn't take time off. The world doesn't take a vacation. Your flesh is always fighting and biting. So we have to think like the soldiers that we are. Let's close with Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's close here. Got to get sanctified. Got to be intentional. Ephesians chapter 4. One of Paul's favorite illustrations. He deals with this in Colossians chapter 3. But he also deals with it here in Ephesians 4. Oh my. I'm going to start at verse 25. He says, therefore, putting away lying. So this goes with Romans 13 of casting off. So to be sanctified, we must be intentional. Stop doing that. Put away lying. Not only does that break one of the commandments, but that is one of those things that is more like Satan than it is like God. Because God is not a man that he should lie, but the devil was a liar from the beginning. So Christians should not be people who lie. Mm. Let it just sit. Because we lie about a lot of stuff. We lie about how much money we make. Back in the day, I used to lie about how many yards I got in the game to try to impress the ladies. We lie about stuff all of the time. Why? We're trying to make ourselves look better than what we are because we don't have enough confidence in how Jesus has made us acceptable in the eyes of the Father. So we lie it's like a dude that puts um, uh, paper in his shoes to make himself look taller. You're lying, bro. You know you 5'1". Stop trying to act like you 5'8". And when we, tr- when we lie, we don't accept the fact that Jesus allows us to measure up with God. So we're trying to impress people, and we lie. Some of us have been lying so long that we don't even know what the truth is. We've deceived ourselves. We believe the stuff we say. And people close to you be like, Nah, man, you know that's not how it went down. You said all of us was at this party. Man, it was just you at that party. You lying, bro. We lie. We lie. So Paul says, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. So therefore, put on truth. Just tell the truth. Why? For we are members of one body. Then he says in verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Now, a little bit later in verse uh, 31, he's going to talk more about wrath and anger. But in this passage right here in verse, uh, what is this, 26, be angry and do not sin. So there's a way to be angry and be righteous. That was Jesus cleansing the temple. But many times our, righteous, our anger is not righteous. It is unrighteous because it's uh, rooted in selfishness. So we're getting angry because somebody disrespected me. Wait a minute, now hold on, hold on, hold on. I thought it wasn't about you. Make yourself of no reputation, all right? Those who curse you, you bless. So, but, but now I'm mad. They don't talk to me like, they don't do me like that. And now we're about to lose our testimony because we done lost our temper on the job. Now watch this too, though. We give place to the devil when we have unchecked anger and bitterness. Uh, That place means give him an opportunity, give him a foothold. When the devil gets a foothold, he's going to turn it into a stronghold. And when we're focused on ourselves, we're not focused on God. And the devil likes it like that. The more we focus on ourselves, the more he has an opportunity, listen to this, to oppress us. He can't possess us, but he surely can oppress us. And a lot of us are oppressed because we're mad as hell. We're mad at our daddy, we're mad at our mama, we're mad at white folk, we're mad at black folk, we're mad at football players that kneel, we're mad at the president, we're mad at our boss, we're mad at the pastor. Don't be mad at the pastor. We're mad at everybody. And God says, when your anger goes unchecked and the sun keeps going down on that thing, that grudge keeps getting bigger and bigger, and you've just given place to a demon to oppress you. Now you got a stronghold all up on your back. Well, the best way to get rid of it outside of prayer is to do the right thing. And that is in exchange for anger, how about you get clothed with some forgiveness? You know, and you got to see yourself taking off one thing and putting on another thing. I got to get clothed with humility. I got to get clothed with mercy because I've been holding a grudge and it's been killing me. That's why he says in verse 28, Paul says, Let him who stole steal no longer. So stop stealing, Christian, to the uh, guests today. Hold on to your visitor's bag. For some of us in the process of sanctification, if you look that way, we might take your bag. But anyway, Paul said, Let him who stole steal no longer. Stop stealing. They gave you the water cup. I've been there, y'all. They give me that water cup, and, and nine times out of ten, I'm getting the water. But man, that one time, that flash be like, man, they owe you, bro. They overcharging you. Get the Sprite, bro. The Sprite looked like water, bro. I look this way, and I look that way, and I stick the water cup up under the Sprite. Stop stealing, pastor. Pray for me. Pray for me. But I've done it. By the way, you're laughing. I ain't the only one that did that. (laughs) Oh, Lord. But he says, look, don't just stop stealing, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. So in other words, stop. Stealing, start working, and then do this. Bless somebody else. Again, it's not all about you. Stop being so selfish. Verse 29, oh, here it comes. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Stop using your mouth to take people down and use your mouth to build people up. Stop doing that. Start doing this. ouch, ouch ouch but the Holy Spirit is working he, he's teaching us today that we are without excuse once again because verse 30 and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption Paul then said let me close strong let all bitterness wrath anger clamor and evil speaking be what put away from you with all malice Paul, what I gotta do? What I gotta put on, brother? Be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. What do I do? Let go of the anger, let go of the unforgiveness, let go of the bitterness, and put on tenderness, put on forgiveness, put on mercy, be kind to people even if they don't ask for forgiveness. Because there's this thing called unilateral forgiveness. And that is you forgive people whether they ask for forgiveness or not. You forgive them for your own sake. Your dad may have died and taken that sin to the grave. You forgive him unilaterally to set yourself free. Otherwise, the devil has a foothold on you, and you're going to end up talking, walking, and doing things that reflect that one And not the Holy One. But then there is transactional forgiveness, and that is when someone asks you for forgiveness. And when they ask you for forgiveness, you don't put them on hold and question their motives and their heart for when they say, I'm sorry. No, you forgive them. Because God forgave you all of your sins. So you forgive as you've been forgiven. Because if you don't put on forgiveness, the devil going to keep on doing what he's doing in your life. So Christians, it's time to get sanctified. It's time to grow up. And when we're serious and we submit to the Lord, we're being transformed to look more like Jesus right now than we did yesterday and it begins with i heard you lord i heard you and lord i obey you my god thank you lord for this word help us all to get it especially me thank you god thank you for loving us so much that you send your word to cleanse us and we bless you in jesus name amen